What's up, guys? It's your boy, DJ Richie Sky. We are back with yet another podcast. And I'm super excited today. And I had, I had to write everything down because there are a lot of accolades here and I want to list each one of them one by one of my guests today. It's Emily D. Baker, our favorite badass lawyer, everyone's favorite legal commentator, prior LA district attorney, host of the top 20 news and commentary podcast, The Emily Show, queen of the law nerds, curator of <laughs> coffee and cursey words, and I will tell you that we have to congratulate her because this week we are celebrating the anniversary of her first YouTube video on Ju June 19th, 2015. 2015. Yep. Boom. A lot to Boom. celebrate. Welcome to it the is. show. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so glad we get to talk housewives and housewives legal drama and all the things. I love it. I love it. I love it. So I feel like all of my housewife watching has led up to being able to talk about all of this craziness. Cause I've been watching housewives forever. And people are like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. I, I love this TV. <laughs> I've loved reality TV since the real world. I just, I love it. So I'm really happy to be here. I know I I've been on YouTube since 2015 and my channel really just grew in the last eight months as I dialed it into doing legal commentary and breaking down documents so everybody could understand. But while I was still a deputy district attorney in LA, I couldn't do other legal things. So it was mm. tech stuff and, and lifestyle stuff and just a fun way to be in community with people on the internet. But now it's like no holds barred. It's like, I've got 15 years legal experience. Might as well help everybody understand what's going on and, and where the T is and where the stuff that's just normal operating procedure is. I got to tell you, um, for those who don't know, I don't know how you don't know Emily at this point, you've been living under a rock. Okay. And I was living under a rock too, until I was, I was just on YouTube one day and I remember coming across your channel. And I think it was when, I don't know if it was around the time where you were maybe first talking about the Erica Jane and Tom Girardi situation, which we'll dive into, yeah. but I just remember thinking, I love her. Oh my God, like it, it, in my mind, you have this personality that is not only knowledgeable, but you have personality that just draws people in. And had you been commentating like publicly before? I mean, I know that you were talking about specific things on YouTube, but had you been in the world of TV or anything like that before? Because you have that thing. Oh, that's so kind. No, I had been doing most of the legal commentary on my podcast when I left the district attorney's office and I left after 10 years, but I had um, health struggles. I had back issues and it was not working for my life. My life is completely different than it was when I left the DA's office in 2017 today, but I couldn't have imagined then now. I just had to take the next right step then, which was leaving uh, the office and recovering from multiple back surgeries. And I started my podcast as a way to really help online business entrepreneurs understand legal stuff. But then I kept getting asked about other legal cases and I was like, no, let's talk about it. And then it morphed into more of a pop culture and news commentary 
in the entrepreneurial space. And then it moved into the broader space as I stepped away from doing consulting work because YouTube started exploding and people are like, can we talk about this more? And I see the value in helping people really understand the laws and understanding the facts that are going on. I love to talk about the tea as well, but lots more people have lots more insight to production and what the ladies are saying in Twitter. And I'm not keeping up with that. I'm a resource for this one little piece. And then I can tell people this is unusual, or this is just what happens in cases. And so there's nothing really special here. So people have context for the legal stuff that's going on. So then we can apply that context to the stuff we're seeing happen on social media and in documentaries and in the world and during filming and during filming. Uh, I got Lake. questions about that. Salt Lake is going to so pop off. <laughs> <laughs> I have so many questions about that. But before we dive into that, yes. do you remember what the first, not, maybe not the first video was, but do you remember what the first sort of topic that you were talking about that sort of just kind of blew up and maybe surprised you? Absolutely. I was at a business meeting in September regarding um, entrepreneurship and kind of, and still working in that space. And Kanye West started leaking his music industry contracts on Twitter and then posted the video of him like peeing on his Grammy and stuff. And I, yes, right. And I'm in this house and I'm like, you guys, I can't help. I can't focus right now. Like I want to screenshot these. I was sure that his label was going to be like, send out the fleets of lawyers, get these things off the internet. I'm like, these are, if you're not in the music industry, these are hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars of legal work into these documents that we never get to see. And I literally lost my mind. And I, my friend is like, you have to just go on YouTube and talk about it. I'm like, I'm traveling. I don't have a backdrop. Like I could go on Instagram. And I went on Instagram and then he uploaded it to my YouTube. And I was like, we don't upload vertical video to YouTube. And he's like, stop being so perfect. Just go on YouTube. People want to hear what's going on with these contracts. And that's really the first video that started taking the contracts from me just talking about it on my podcast to talking about it on YouTube. And then YouTube drama popped off. And when I started covering Toddy Westbrook's legal struggles, my channel exploded talking about that case because people who watch YouTube love talking about YouTubers. And in the, in the outside world, people aren't really podcasting about Toddy Westbrook. People outside of the YouTube sphere don't follow beauty drama, but the group that follows beauty drama and has been around since drama again, one was like, no tea, let's talk what, what is happening. And so I covered that lawsuit and it took the, there's two of them. And one of them just took so many twists and turns and finally resolved. And I was like, whew, cause I don't, we don't have time for two lawsuits that are as messy as the, the Erica Girardi stuff. And and the Toddy Westbrook stuff was. I mean, there's a lot of mess. And Britney, there's so much Britney stuff. Like it's a lot of stuff going on right now. (laughs) I feel like you, uh, you know, when I first started this, I I wondered, well, I have, I mean, cause I envisioned myself being able to do this like five days a week, right? And so I thought to myself and I worked, I came from news. So in my mind, I'm like, but will there be enough entertainment, reality TV show news for me (laughs) to actually do it? And lo and behold, I had no (laughs) clue. I mean- how much stuff is actually going on. Yeah. Can we go into the Erica Jane stuff since we just witnessed this documentary that came yes, out? We can. Is it a documentary? Is that what we would call this? Because I, I don't know if it's a doc. I don't feel like it's a documentary. Is it more of an investigative news piece? Kind of like it's an investigative summary, really, of, of everything that's going I, on. Yes. Yes. Right. 
they weren't really, they pulled clips from her. They interviewed people. I thought some of the interviews were very meaningful. I thought some of the interviews, I was like, why, why Danielle stop? Why? <laughs> why she would was you shady? open with Danielle Staub and not Sunny? I don't know. In my opinion, I was just kind of like, why? What are we doing here? B, I don't know why they wanted to throw the shade at Erica. I think that the impact in that was the story of the Rui Gomez family and Kim Archie. I think the voicemails, a lot of those haven't been released in other forms that I had seen. Some of them came from one of the lawsuits and they're actually attached in audio files to the lawsuit. So I played them on my channel, but these voicemails start to show this pattern of manipulation. And I thought that the Rui Gomez family's impact and what they've been through was almost downplayed by the fact that you have Danielle Staub going, I mean, she can't really sing, but she does it anyway. And I was like, look, I know like either we're going to be shady and it's going to be tea, or we're actually going to break down what the clients of Tom Girardi have been through and do right. a really impactful piece. If you want to say widows and orphans a million times and beat Dorit to the punch when that airs, then you kind of take out the, the Danielle stuff because it's not like do or do two parts, do like the ladies react to it and people throwing shade and then do the part with the victims. I think it putting them together sat a little weird for me. Um, yeah. And I could have done without her interview, but I really appreciated seeing um, how much they dove into what that family has been through because they're one of the largest creditors in the bankruptcies. And they've talked to news before, they've shared their story in, you know, the LA Times and in other publications, but I have not seen them in a sit down like this, where they really played the voicemails and played video from the deposition. That was all not new information, but a new way to share that information. Mm -hmm. The voicemails were new. Um, this pattern of deceit with his clients should have never ever happened in my mind i mean it just paints a completely different picture of the man that we were being presented with on the real housewives of beverly hills but to add to that there was this i and i can't remember the direct quote but there was a guy on there and he talked about how we're not supposed to show that sort of lifestyle we're not supposed to show this extravagant lifestyle as members of this firm and that never I never really thought about that. It yeah, never he was me. another plaintiff's attorney. Yes. He's like, we fight for the little guy. We fight against big corporations. This is this is everything we stand against. And it's almost gross. And I I mean, I know a lot of lawyers. A lot of the lawyers I know are criminal attorneys. Lawyers do well. I mean, LA is another thing because living in LA is its whole thing. You have to do better than well to actually like survive in Los Angeles, but it's not on that level. There are some, but most of them work for very large corporations and are working in a different kind of law, not in plaintiff's law. And it is, it is an uncommon wealth in plaintiff's law. And I think he really, I know exactly who you're talking about in the interview. I think he really summarized that well, that this is not what this normally looks like, but Tom Girardi won a, a billion dollar and multiple billion dollar settlements and got a cut of that why do you still need to take money from the your clients? Where did it go? It's so good. I mean, I know it's expensive to be Erica and all, but where did the money go? It's wild. I know that ex-wife life is expensive too. He's got two ex-wives. Like I get it. One of them was getting 10K a month. We don't know what the, what the arrangement was with the, uh, the middle wife, but I get it. But even then, where's the money going? Just to walk it back and just from your vantage point and with your area with your expertise 
do you think that she should have ever done this show? <sighs> Lawyer Emily says absolutely not with the show. I don't know if she knew what was going down with the Rui Gomez family when she started the show. Mm-hmm. Um, once she discovered that's what was going down, absolutely not. I mean, everybody like everybody after Teresa Judice is on notice that this can go down and that the feds are watching and that lawyers watch Real Housewives too. And when things don't add up, they might be in a position to open an investigation and be like, I'm so curious what your taxes say. Cause that's how the investigation into the Judices got opened was the IRS watching the show being like, this seems odd. And an investigator was like, let's just see how this matches up um, because she was flaunting so much cash. And that's something that can happen when people are avoiding taxes. So that's how that all unwound because of the show. I know she says they were also tipped off by other members of the show, but the show Allegedly. Played, the show played a role, <laughs> right? Um, showing the lifestyle gives the bankruptcy court a lot to go off of. So like Emily, Emily is like, I'm here for the drama of it all. But I also, this season, I, I don't know why her attorneys agreed to have her do it. I can only imagine that her motivation for this is like, look, people are going to say what they're going to say about me, no matter if I'm on the show or not. I need to make money. I need to have somewhere to live. I need to bounce from this. No, everything's going to get sold in bankruptcy and I still have to live. So I don't care. I'm just blinders on and we've got to keep doing the show. And based on what you've seen thus far in just these first couple of episodes, was this a good idea? (sighs) Lawyer Emily, I doesn't think it was a good idea. Here for the drama, Emily is so (laughs) glad she's on this show because I like seeing it, but it opens her up to a lot of questions and -hmm. it's going to keep opening her up. But I don't know how much the ladies are going to get into pressing her about it. We've seen it teased. I'm very curious to see how the ladies press her about the, you know, widows and orphans. And they said it a lot in this, um, in this news piece as well. I'm, if I'm the attorney, I don't want to put my client in that position and I don't want to have cameras in her house knowing it, they had to discuss filing for the divorce. They had, at some point she moved the closet and the second closet out of that house. You're now cataloging everything she owns for the bankruptcy court. But then the other side of me is like, good, let the bankruptcy trustees go find it then and, and get back the money for those who, who are entitled to that money. I can't imagine how hurtful that is for people who are owed money by Tom Girardi watching this. I think that was something that hit me as well was watching them watch her Yep. and him on the show. I honestly felt like that was probably one of the most impactful pieces that, you know, for a lot of this, we had been focused just on the scandal, the, the amounts of money, how could they flaunt this, this lavish lifestyle with all of these other things going on. But I think that with the investigative piece, I like what you said about that. I think what that displayed was really, these are the lives of the victims. that are impacted by all this so in my mind looking back at that at that situation to me it sometimes comes across as though she's a little bit cold with regards to the impact that these people are feeling yeah there's been no acknowledgement of it at all and i have had contact with other current clients of Tom Girardi behind the scenes. So I had had that conversation where, because they were trying to find as the bankruptcy goes down, 
current clients have to find new lawyers, have to find new lawyers willing to take this on, have to find new lawyers willing to work with the bankruptcy court so that some of the money is going to go into the bankruptcy if these cases are resolved. It's a lot for the current clients whose cases aren't done yet to try to find someone to help them finish their case and then having to watch it all play out on TV going, am I even going to get to the end of my case? And look, none of these people got paid either. At least the current clients, the bankruptcy court will make sure they get paid, but their cases are getting delayed and it's tremendously stressful. So I had been, mm. I had been contemplating it just based on my experience working with victims of crime in the DA's office, but seeing it is a visceral response. Like I kind of assumed that that's how they had been feeling, but having them share like how much of that money should have gone to me. Well, $12 million of it should have gone to you. And there's a reason those settlements are what they are. It's for future expenses, for the fact that you might never be able to work again. It's that money is not just like, oh, here you go. You won. It's, it's to compensate for something that should never have happened. So it, it's, it's hard to see it. And I'm glad they showed it because it gives the other side to the glitz and glam and it makes it a little hard to watch. We're all going to watch. We all want to see what happens. It's a train wreck at this point that we're all looking at, but it, it leaves like a little bit of a pit in your stomach going, oh, Erica. Mm. There was a, a, a point where they really clearly displayed, I guess, two, and I'm hoping I'm using the right language here, but there were at least two points where she was subpoenaed in May 2020 and then September 28th of 2020. And then for the divorce to come, I guess, around November the 4th, and then the way, I guess, it was a member of the firm kind of reacted to the divorce is, it seemed like as a layperson, you had to know something was going down. Is I there any way questions. she could not have known? <laughs> I have questions. Um, I don't know if she was served with those subpoenas. They gotcha. said subpoenas were issued for her. Okay. Um, or if those subpoenas were served to Tom at his firm, because he would have mm. still been there during that time. But it's hard for me to conceive that she didn't know what was going on with the Rui Gomez family. Those lawsuits had been going on. I can't imagine she didn't know that that family had won a judgment. And they had also previously put a lien on all personal property, the house, everything that they owned. So I, I, can't imagine she didn't know about at least that one $12 million case, which is a hint that something goes wrong. Now, if she ever read those legal documents, if she ever read the news about it, how much she knew about it, we're not going to know. Or if Tom said the same thing he said in all these voicemails, I'm a good guy. Just trust me. It's a misunderstanding. The judge said this, that this said this. Was she ignorant? Was she willfully ignorant? Or did she stick her head in the sand and go, la, 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 la. I'm not, I don't want to know any of it. We, we might not know, but it's yeah. hard to conceive that she had no idea that there was a $12 million judgment against her husband from former clients. Do you think that this piece eclipsed the show in any way, shape or form? Because I look at the timing of the, the, the date and the week that it's being released right before it blows up on the show. It's so interesting. Do you have any thought, had you thought about that? Cause I just thought about it just now. I hadn't thought about it, but I love that you brought it up. Here's, here's what I, I think it enhances the show. I think it brings more curiosity to the show. Mm. And I think it brings more, it was a good overview of the things I've been covering in probably way too much detail for 
months and months and months now. I mean, I've been talking about this since November, December. So it really summarized it for people who might casually watch the show or might've heard that this was going on and not know. It kind of catches everybody up in like a Cliss Notes version of this is what's going on behind the scenes. Well, now we know the backdrop. Now we want to see what plays out. So I think it plays hand in hand with the show. Kind of like- I don't. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go. I was going to say kind of like BravoCon and Jen Shaw's trial occurring like at the same time. <laughs> it enhances it. It I doesn't take even, away. I can't even, but I have to tell you this. <laughs> I did a little review of the, the piece yesterday on YouTube and I, I got to pull up the comment. I'll put it up. I'll pull it up either. Either I'll put it on the screen later, but someone said this documentary or this review was basically for anybody ha that has not been watching your channel. <laughs> <laughs> That's so incredibly kind. Um, I love that. It definitely, not everybody has the time to invest. I get it. Cause I, when I say I do long form content, we, we break it down. And there are some case briefs where I summarize it, but I think this summarized it well. And it did bring in some of the, the key players. I really liked Oh, and I'm going to forget names because I always forget names. The woman who was the legal analyst and commentator who had been a former um, U.S. prosecutor. I love the way she broke it down, asked the question I've been asking, like, where is the money? But where is the money? You've gotten referred to the feds. I have questions. I like that they brought in a prior president of the state bar. They brought in some really key people. They brought in a, a reporter from Law 360, which is a, a legal reporting company through Lexus that really does break stuff down pretty well and has been keeping on top of this too. So I like um, most of the people that they interviewed in it. I wish they had focused more on the, the victim story. I thought that was the most impactful part. Mm. So what did we you think of here and there, seeing them on camera other than watching them watch Erica being like, it's fun that you've got my money. That's great. How did that hit for you? It made me cringe. And it made me cringe for the fact that they will have to continue to watch her. And it definitely made me a lot more empathetic to them. Because again, for me as a Housewives fan, I'm focused more on the Housewives aspect of it. But now looking at that side of it, I think it's horrible what they've gone through. And it's like, where, like you said, where is the money? Who ultimately knew about all of this? And then what are going to be the consequences in the long run, you know, what will yeah. Erica face, face, if anything. And now that you raise a good point, did he talk to her the same way that he talked to these people? I mean, you, you I'm going to have to go back and watch the show. I need to go back and watch back episodes of them together, but I wouldn't be surprised if he treated her exactly the same way he treated uh, his clients and like telling these stories and the, people talk about how charismatic he was and people who I know who knew him and friends that I know that had worked as law clerks at Girardi Keys. It was always that kind of take you in with the charm and, and being able to kind of push things off and shuffle the, shuffle the cards around. And I wonder if he talked to her like that too. I also wonder how much she knew there's, he's in a full conservatorship now. It was granted by the court last week. Did she see that during COVID when they were sitting down to dinner? Did she see mental decline or did she not see any of that and think that it's all BS? Because that was commented on in this piece as well, is one of the lawyers was like, no, months before he's speaking at these events, he, I was there. I didn't see anything. This is someone I've known for years. And the timing seems suspect. And it, it does. 
I can't question a doctor's diagnosis. I'm not a doctor. Right. The timing is unusual. Suspect. I got to ask you about Jen Shaw. Oh yeah, let's talk about Jen Shaw. Let's talk about it all. <laughs> this to me is probably, I don't know if it's bigger, but it definitely seems like the consequences for her may be more dire in terms of her being a housewife. You know what I mean? Yeah. And what were, what were your thoughts when this broke? Like, did you have any like legal inside? Like, were there rumors or anything like that? Or did it just kind of hit you the same way? It hit me on Twitter the same way it hit everybody else. I mean, I had, I mean, I had no idea this was coming. And and the AUSAs, the so the assistant U.S. attorneys who prosecute this are federal prosecutors. The process that they went through with Jen Shaw was they went to a grand jury. That's all secret and sealed. The the ruling comes back from the grand jury to indict. That's all secret and sealed. Then they unseal the indictment and like roll out and arrest somebody. So it can't leak. So somebody searching around on Pacer can't find it. And that doesn't give somebody the opportunity to bounce before they mm. get arrested. But when that dropped, I was like, literally my first thought was, oh shit. And then I was on Clubhouse <laughs> in Club Bravo as everybody was talking about it. I was like, I don't know where to go. I don't know where. I'm like trying to pull up the indictment and, and it was... It was wild, but it's. I think it feels bigger because it's the first housewife where it is the housewife that is the that is kind of the alleged to be the ringleader here. With Erica, it is tied to her husband. What did she know about what he was doing? How much did she benefit from what he was doing? I don't think it's. I don't think there's any argument she didn't benefit from all of this money that he that disappeared. It didn't disappear into thin air. It went somewhere, and hopefully, it didn't go into her Cartier. But it might have. It might have. So. With Jen Shaw, it's like, oh no, this is you. I mean, we got that a little with Leanne too. Like, no, mm -hmm. this is you threatening police officers and, and kicking people. But that was also her having kind of a life crisis with alcohol. And I think that feels different than a alleged sustained wire fraud and money laundering scheme. Because with like with Teresa Judice, I'm still on the boat of Joe Judice was like, sign this, sign this, sign this. And she was yeah. like, whatever, Joe. Like, I, I really think... That's all you need for criminal culpability, but I don't think Teresa's the criminal mastermind there. I think she was like, whatever my husband says, I did it, and I didn't ask questions. With Jen Shaw, the district or the U.S. attorney said on the detention hearing that I attended by phone, because COVID makes everything easy, not everything, <laughs> just the criminal stuff, but they did it by phone. So you could call in and listen to the detention hearing. The AUSA said, this is one of the top of this scheme. This is one of the ringleaders of this scheme. And I'm like, ooh. Well, that's an interesting allegation. And now her attorneys filed motions yesterday that break down her arrest and break down some of the affidavits. So we're going to get a lot more information coming out of those documents. And Jen Shaw saying, I thought it was relating to this other thing. She had somebody assault her and steal from her in 2017 and 2018. She had a restraining order against them. And they are alleged to be one of the participants in this scheme not charged. So now there's some like Sopranos shit happening behind the scene. Yes, yes. And so she thought when detectives from New York were talking to her, it was about that other person and about that restraining order and about that case she had had out of New York. But it was about her being arrested. Yeah. Now with that coming to light. Yeah. Yeah. How... Okay, you're, you're looking at your casting notes, and I'm and, and and this is just for the sake of us talking about it, right? Yep. This is not this is what happened or anything like that. And this me and you in the casting office, we are looking at the photos. Oh my God, we're casting for the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Hmm, 
this Jen Shaw girl looks, she looks like she's going to be quite the firecracker. Let's do our due diligence. How was all this missed? I don't know if they did a criminal, well, the criminal stuff didn't come up and a criminal background check wouldn't have showed that she was a victim. Um, so mm. unless you knew that she had been a victim, you knew that there was a restraining order, you knew that it was in New York, you might not have known that you she- you might not have seen it unless other ladies knew her well during that time when she had she said that she got assaulted in Utah during 2018 and they were filming in what 2019 2020 so you or early 2020 so unless the ladies told Bravo during their casting which why would they if they weren't asked they might not know I don't know how mm. thoroughly they vet the background of stuff but again when you're asking like why go on the show it seems from all the documents I've reviewed that Jen Shaw knew that the other defendants had been arrested, knew that the other defendants had had their businesses searched. She knew that the feds were onto this. She knew that she had at least worked with them and knew them. And then she went on a show anyway to show off all her money. How, 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 <laughs> what, what are you doing? <laughs> Jen Shaw, what are you doing? No. And then to continue filming, I think she's like, I'm in it now. I'm in it now, whatever. And you know, I was going to ask you earlier, like, what did you think about the decision to continue filming as this was playing out? I mean, it's funny. It's crazy. The arrest happens. They're still filming. She continues to film. I was going to yeah. ask you, does it make sense? But I don't think it makes sense. I don't think it makes sense either. It makes sense for Bravo fans. It makes no sense for Jen oh, Shaw, yes, but us. I also, we, I mean, <laughs> but I think <laughs> Jen Shaw has a level of arrogance where she thinks that she's going to be able to control herself while filming. I don't think she proved that to us during season one. I don't think she can control the narrative. I wonder if Jen's like, again, legal, legal defenses are expensive and this is how I make the most of my money. All these other side businesses are shut down. Everything's shut down. Um, mm. Assets have been seized by the, the US attorneys. The other ladies are gonna talk about it anyway. So I might as well be in it. And I might as well try to direct my own narrative. I yeah. heard they rushed filming for a season three, trying to run I up to the trial. I, I mean, if you're smart. Bravo, that's exactly what you do. You're like- We've got to maximize this because we don't necessarily know what's gonna happen beyond yeah. this year I um for me yeah. I questioned there were things that I questioned about her as I was watching the show anyway it, when I when I felt like she couldn't quite articulate what she did <laughs> I had a little bit of an issue and I started to wonder well what is it that you do and why don't I understand it Right. And why don't the other women understand it? Because you've got a, a number of other women that run businesses. When you can't sit down with other business owners and explain your business, it's probably not the other business owners that don't understand. It felt to me, and I have two fairly young kids. So Unikitty is still a character I love, but at the end of the Batman movie, she like puts glasses on herself and is like, business, 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 business. Is this working? <laughs> and every time I saw Jen Shaw talk about business, that's all I could hear in my head was business, business, business. Is this working? Algorithm. I have an algorithm and I match clients with things. Is it working? I have business. I have assistants. I have a business and other businesses. And then those businesses, if you did this business and then it's business, what don't you understand? I have businesses. Shaw squad. 
You literally <laughs> portrayed her with the <laughs> utmost accuracy. Oh my God. Emily. That's just how it felt watching it. So I initially told Emily, for those who got, those of you guys who are listening or watching, however you're getting this, I told her, I said, I'm going to, I'm going to only keep you for 30 minutes because <laughs> what you guys don't know is I asked her last minute. Now the back, the backstory is I have been wanting to chat with you for a while, but I'm I've been wanting to nervous. chat with you too. I am no, always I've been wanting to chat with you too. <laughs> don't be nervous at all. You're fabulous. And I love you. I've been wanting to talk to you too. So I'm, and I don't want to be like, Hey, can we have a chat about housewives? <laughs> I never want to invite myself onto people's platforms, but I, I love talking. I really love talking about this stuff. I love breaking it down and I'm here to be a resource to help break it down. So I'm always open to have a conversation. Oh my God. Thank you so much. And I want to ask you this before we go. Well, a couple of things. We got to have you back because there's For got sure. there's a lot more that, and I had so many questions and I still have a long list in my brain. Perfect. So we have to have you back. Yep. What is next for Emily D. Baker. I have to ask every guest that because I want people to know like, what's next? What's on the horizon? What can we expect? So immediately next is Britney Spears addressing the court at her hearing next week. So I am going to be attending that and covering that. So I, that is like the immediate next step is what is happening back in the Britney conservatorship. Cause it's been, well, I've been quiet on it for a while cause it's been lawyers doing motions. So she's addressing the court for the first time in like 10 years. I'm fascinated. I will continue covering these things on YouTube and then traveling is starting to open up. So I might be at some, I might be at, I might be at BravoCon when tickets go on sale. I'm going to, I want to be at BravoCon. I, I want to be there too. I want to be at BravoCon with all the people. I want to be at BravoCon. So those are, those are the next things, but I'm going to be doing my thing on YouTube and covering these cases. And I don't know if we could, this has been the year of housewives legal drama. I don't know if we're going to get any more. Maybe we will. Maybe it's time to like dig into the old stuff. It's like Bethany's divorce. <laughs> Bethany's divorce had a lot going on. We know there's stuff with Dorit. We know there's stuff with Mauricio. Like there's other stuff. And it, I just haven't had time. This stuff has been popping. It has, it has. So for those of you guys who are listening, I just want to let you guys know I am officially a law nerd and you guys can also get law nerd merchandise as well. So please, please, <laughs> yep. please make sure you guys support Emily because she is skyrocketing and I'm so excited for you and I'm so happy to celebrate you and chat with you. And I cannot wait for you to come back Thank you. and uh, oh, tell everybody where they can find anything Emily D. Baker. Absolutely. I've made it easy. I'm at the Emily D. Baker all over social media. I do long form, mostly breakdowns on YouTube, though I do have playlists of legal shorts and case briefs that are kind of shorter, concise content. The Emily shows the podcast. So you can always, those episodes tend to be a little more succinct. Uh, you are welcome to catch up on all the back episodes on the Girardis over on the Emily show on your favorite podcast player. And then I have stuff on, on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok and all the other places at the Emily D. Baker. So that's where I'm at. Um, and always my DMs are open. I love talking about housewives. So I'm here to help. And she does great lives with her husband. 
I've yeah. seen those. So <laughs> just a awesome. few over. We keep those on Instagram. He still gets really nervous being on. Does he? Like live. He does. He gets really nervous being live. And it's it's so funny. He's like, I don't know. He's like, it's weird being live. I'm like, I know this this life chose you. I you didn't choose it. So <laughs> but he he's a lot of fun. And we've been we've been busy. Like it's summer, kids are doing stuff, but yeah, yep. He's really he's been tremendously supportive as he's like, so we're just doing this YouTube thing full time. I'm like, yep that's what we're doing that is awesome that is awesome well, we will continue to follow you and for those Thank of you, you guys who are listening hopefully you will subscribe and come back and enjoy more listen on the podcast or watch it on the youtube version and we will see you guys in the next one all right Thank we you. are out of here such a pleasure i told you 30 minutes is hard On. We know there's stuff with Dorit. We know there's stuff with Mauricio. Like there's other stuff. And it, I just haven't had time. This stuff has been popping. It has. It has. So for those of you guys who are listening, I just want to let you guys know I am officially a law nerd. And you guys can also get law nerd merchandise as well. So please, please, <laughs> yep. please make sure you guys support Emily because she is skyrocketing. And I'm so excited for you. And I'm so happy to celebrate you and chat with you. And I cannot wait for you to come back. Thank you. And uh, oh, tell everybody where they can find anything Emily D. Baker. Absolutely. I've made it easy. I'm at the Emily D. Baker all over social media. I do long form, mostly breakdowns on YouTube, though I do have playlists of legal shorts and case briefs that are kind of shorter, concise content. The Emily shows the podcast. So you can always, those episodes tend to be a little more succinct. Uh, you are welcome to catch up on all the back episodes on the Girardis over on the Emily show on your favorite podcast player. And then I have stuff on, on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok and all the other places at the Emily D. Baker. So that's where I'm at. Um, and always my DMs are open. I love talking about housewives. So I'm here to help. And she does great lives with her husband. Thank I've you. seen those. So <laughs> Just a awesome. few over. We keep those on Instagram. He still gets really nervous being on. Does he? Like live. he does. He gets really nervous being live. And it's, it's so funny. He's like, I don't know. He's like, it's weird being live. I'm like, I know this, this life chose you. I, you didn't choose it. So. <laughs> but he, he's a lot of fun and we've been, we've been busy. Like it's summer kids are doing stuff, but yeah. yep. He's really, he's been tremendously supportive as he's like, so we're just doing this YouTube thing full time. I'm like, yep, that's what we're doing. That is awesome. That is awesome. Well, we will continue to follow you. And for those Thank of you, you guys who are listening, hopefully you will subscribe and come back and enjoy more, listen on the podcast or watch it on the YouTube version. And we will see you guys in the next one.